0: chapter eleven of the broken rosary by grace and harold johnson this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by maria therese eleven sam brighton accompanied by sergeant tuttle went immediately into the court-house with a picture of clarence duffield which he had obtained from mrs rummel he showed it to the receptionist and secretary in the prosecutor's office to the custodian and to various other county employees but none of them recognized the man as anyone who had visited wally brighton or for that matter as anyone who had been inside or near the building sam felt stymied as he stood outside his brother's office wondering what to do next he had pinned great hopes on the picture somehow he felt sure that it would prove that the former missouri sheriff had dropped in to see the prosecutor and if duffield had been seen with wally then the visit could possibly have been in connection with something that led to their deaths Sam moved his hand across his eyes. He couldn't stop his search now, but what could he do next? Should he go back and have it out with Vera, try to find out why she'd changed her story? Was she trying to protect Stoll and give him an alibi? Which of Vera's statements was the truth? Had Stoll been in the bank building, and was she trying to help him cover up by saying he was in the theater when she arrived? The latter statement of Vera's gave Stoll an alibi. Was Vera in love with Clayton Stoll? It was hard to believe, but then one could never tell. If they weren't involved, why were they so afraid that Vera felt she had to change her story to protect him? The more Sam thought of the situation, the more dejected he became. What good would it do to question Vera any more? She'd only insist that he had misunderstood her. His thoughts drifted to Vance Adams. From what Davis had told him, there was a fellow who really was afraid. Why? He didn't know, but maybe it was worth looking into. On the surface, it seemed that Adam's only connection with the whole affair was the fact that he'd found Wally dead and had called the police. But why all the jitters? Had he lied, or didn't he know just what he was saying when he told how Anderson had seen him leaving Wally's office? Why did he leave the office anyway, after he'd phoned the police? It didn't make sense. And what about the memo pad on Wally's desk with the word Others and the letters A.M.S. on it? The A.M.S. was probably the last three letters in Adams, but the others—could it be part of the word brothers? If so, what brothers? The Adamses, R.G. and Vance. Maybe he should go over and see Vance Adams. He walked briskly down the corridor, across the rotunda, to the cigar stand operated by Roy Winters, a blind man. Winters turned his head as Sam approached. "'Morning, Sam. You're kind of late around here, aren't you?' kind of roy give me three of the usual sam took three cigars from the box that roy extended i can't ever get over how you can recognize the sound of my walk roy it's uncanny not after fifty-seven years of seeing with my eyes sam no two people walk just alike any more than they look alike i guess i sure wish you could see roy i've got a picture here of duffield the guy that was murdered out by st james church i've been showing it to everyone around here trying to find out if he'd been in here talking to Wally, but no one recognizes him. I just thought there might be some connection between his murder and Wally's. This Duffield, was he an old man? About seventy-three. Why? Did he talk with a southern drawl? I don't know. What makes you ask? Winter's thought for a moment. Day before your brother was shot, an old man with a southern drawl asked me where your brother's office was. I started to tell him, and just then I heard Wally walking past my stand, so I called out to him that the man wanted to see him. They talked for a while, and then they both went out. What did they talk about? I don't know. All I heard was the man say, I've got some business for you. How'd you know he was an old man, Roy? You know how, Sam, by his voice. He was old and he was tired, but he was excited, too. There was a ring of excitement there. And he had a southern drawl. Not too much, but some Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri. Daffy was from Missouri. Could have been him, then. Sam rubbed his chin reflectively. Could have, and probably was. Wonder what he wanted Wally for. Wish I could help you, Sam, but that's all I know. It was eleven-thirty by the courthouse clock when Sam and Sergeant Tuttle entered the office of Vance and R.G. Adams. The receptionist informed them that Vance was not in, but perhaps R.G. could see them. R.G. Adams, lack of cordiality, explained immediately to Sam why the young woman in the outer office had said, perhaps R.G. would see them. As she closed the door to R.G.'s private office behind her, Adams nodded for the two men to be seated, then said pompously, "'My brother and I work very closely together. We keep nothing from each other. I'm sure I can take care of any business you may have with him.' Sam frowned. Not this time. We have to see him. Police business. But maybe you can give us some general background. You two have been in Merton about twenty-five years, I believe. Where'd you live before that? R.G.'s jawline hardened. May I ask why you want background, as you say? My brother can't be a suspect simply because he discovered your brother's body last night. Sam shook his head. No more than anyone else who was here in this building at the time of the murder. R.G.'s eyes narrowed. I understand that you yourself were in the building at the time. Sam nodded. True. News certainly gets around, doesn't it? Now that I've answered your question, how about you answering mine? Your question is not relevant. What possible bearing could it have on your brother's death? Sam felt irritation creeping through him. Suppose you let me decide whether or not the question is relevant. I'm not asking questions just to be asking them. I want information. Where did you and your brother live before you came to Merton?' R.G. stiffened. "'I don't like this at all. You have no right to come into our office and dig into our private lives, as though we were coming criminals. Until you explain why you want this information, I'm afraid I see no need of giving it to you.' Sergeant Tuttle raised his eyebrows and looked at Sam. This guy sure was going to stand on his rights. Sam sat back hard against the chair. Look, he said, you don't have to tell me anything. I'm not interested in you. We'll just have your brother down to the station for questioning if you don't care to cooperate. R.G. thought this over for a moment before he said, It's not that I'm averse to you knowing where we are from. It's St. Louis, but it is... St. Louis, Missouri? Sam asked. Yes, Missouri. There was a finality to the word Missouri that Sam didn't like. Before he could say anything, Argy went on. But as I was saying, I dislike your prying into our private affairs. I can't see how the police can presume in this way. Sam nodded. I know how you feel about it, Mr. Adams, but we've got a job to do. How far is St. Louis from Harlow? Ever hear of it? Small town, I guess. It's about eighty miles. Did you happen to know a man down there twenty-five years ago by the name of Clarence Duffield? R.G. shook his head. No, we had no acquaintance in the town of Harlow. Sam turned to Sergeant Tuttle. We'll go now. We'll drop around later when your brother is in. Maybe he'll feel more like answering our questions. End of chapter 11